0: About it. Hey, this is Annalise And Neil C. from the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast Proud members of the Musings of a Geek ya. Podcast Network <laughs> Time for you to get ready for some audio awesomeness Now give me some bs line, Mr.
1: <laughs> you are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network Stay geeky, my friends
2: 40 going on 14. I am Mike. I'm Patrick.
3: I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And despite watching over 40, 40 hours, four hours of Red Dawn, I was promised Wolverines and I didn't see one moment of Hugh Jackman.
1: Aw. Yeah. That's sad. Wolverines. I saw some Hugh Jackman. Schnicked.
2: I think that would have totally changed the movie. <laughs> that would have <laughs> that been totally awesome, is. actually. A little
4: bit. He's like, what? Yeah, hang on, I got this. Right. <laughs> 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 it's,
2: Oh well, for folks, if you have not uh, noticed, we are doing the Red Dawn show. We today, this week, this week. This week Wait, we're not yeah. doing the X Men movies. No. Oh crap. No, we're we doing can. Red we know them well enough. Yeah, it's true. We watch Audible. <laughs> yeah. Change my mind. We're doing X Men now. <laughs> no, we did Red Dawn. We watched the original from uh, 1984, and we also watched the 2014. Twelve. Twelve. 2012. 2012. Chris Hemsworth vehicle. And uh, we're going to be comparing the two tonight. So
1: speaking, speaking of superheroes,
2: yes. So Thor and Wolverine walk into World War Three. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I had never seen these films before, as I mentioned at the end of the last show. So oh, you haven't seen neither of them. Well, I have now. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a whole lot to say this <laughs> next hour or so.
1: And
4: don't forget, in I just wanted movie, to
1: talk about how I didn't watch them. Yep.
4: You've also got the comedian in the new one from The Watchmen. It's true.
1: Yes. Wow. Look at that. Wolverines. <laughs> All right.
2: So do we have any communication?
0: No.
3: uh, Apparently, we had some talk on Twitter. Uh, We had a voicemail from uh, Nikki in New Zealand, but apparently, Google Voice ate it because I I checked the Google Voice line and. uh, we have nothing, so no. she's going to be calling back at some point, and uh, when we get that,
2: we'll play that for you on air. Cool. Well, we have no emails. Uh, we did have some other uh, chat on Twitter about house rules for games, and I don't think there was a question about the house rules. Remember playing Clue the Great Museum Caper back at the oh, time? Oh, yeah. Pat, do you remember
1: this? Of course, yeah.
2: Yes. We have to write down. That was that. your game that I
1: stole for like 10 years.
2: Yeah, that's
3: right. <laughs> like you... how I've still got your copy of Blood Bowl? <laughs> do you? I'm pretty sure I do. I got
0: like four of them. Yours is probably well, be, in here somewhere. <laughs>
1: Mine's one of I, them. When I moved to Chicago um, to, to live at Mike's at one time, I, I, I threw away some of my games, and I was like, why do I only have an expansion to Blood Bowl but not the main game? <laughs> yeah, I
2: think it's here in this room. Nice. <laughs> awesome. But, yeah, they uh, we adjusted the rules a little bit, talking about you know why house, why you have house rules, and it's usually to make things fun or more fun. We had to make. A, I got a game for the kids, and it's called Barista, where you have to like you roll dice and like make. You have to make up uh, different coffee drinks. What? Yeah, it's it's a cool concept, but the rules are inherently broken.
3: Is uh, the uh, tagline like "Use your liberal arts degree"? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be great. I was trying to come up with some Starbucks joke and I <laughs> couldn't do it. <laughs>
2: Barista, yeah? the game. I'm actually a film student. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was getting because the one line I was going to use was just too mean, and I decided not to. I was going to say to prepare them for a life working at Starbucks. <laughs>
2: oh, thanks, Pat.
1: But I said I didn't say it, see? Oh, okay. So yeah, so that, that makes it okay. all better. With right. all due respect, you know, I said with all due respect. <laughs>
2: So,
3: should we move on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you actually would like to reach us, you can do so at 708 Now Wrap. That's 708 669 9727.
2: Awesome. And uh, you can also get us on, well, like I said, we're on Twitter at 40Go14 and 40Go14 at gmail.com. And uh, also on Facebook. Just look for 40 going on 14 and you'll find us there.
5: Awesome.
1: Yay.
3: I'm really surprised I remember the phone number since we forgot to put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, was,
2: I noticed that. I was going <laughs> to comment. Go. All right, so shall we move on? Yes. yes. Right on. This weekend,
0: music, <laughs> movies,
5: and TV. <laughs> what the
1: hell just happened? <laughs> I I <laughs> the movie. How do you like it when it's used against you, huh? Yeah, that's all right.
4: <laughs> that was wonderful.
1: That was really good. I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> all right, so that's <laughs> we that's what the I was. Original w- bumper
3: again?
2: What's that? Are we ever going to hear the nope. original bumper again? Oh yeah, we'll hear it again.
1: Oh, oh just, okay, it's retired.
2: Yeah, just after I got you so clearly last week, I had to do something with it. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so this weekend, we're going with August 10th, 1984, was the day and year that the original Red Dawn was released. And uh, let's see, Patrick's got music, and for all of you that remember, he likes to play with us by putting the acronym of the day. <laughs> so the number one song is When Doves Cry by Dang. T-A-F-K-A-P. TAFKAP. TAFKAP, yeah. Yep. That's not an acronym. It was actually done by TAFKAP. I don't believe you. You don't remember Taft Cap? They were huge. I'm thinking the last two letters are and Prince.
1: Oh, wow. You just kind of like snuck in the back door onto what what it actually is. As uh, Joel and Josh know, it is the artist formerly known as Prince.
3: Oh, yeah. There were too many letters in that one for me to make up something on the fly. Okay.
1: (laughs) But yeah, when he changed his name to a symbol, that's pretty much what he got called. And... He got called the artist formerly known as Prince, is what people kept calling him. And everybody started abbreviating, that to a cap. And Prince was like, whoa, I don't like that. Just call me Prince again.
2: Because <laughs> I was expecting Prince in the New Power Generation.
1: Ah, yeah. nope. The, no. That's just Prince. But, yep, there you go.
2: Also of note, uh, a new band came out this day. Uh, some group called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Never heard of them. Released their debut album called the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Never heard of them. And about 20 years later, they completely gave up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and released an album called California Oh, I was going <sighs> to say, it's
3: got to be that one. <laughs> oh. I think the, the time I realized that it wasn't like I'd been saying that they'd been doing the tol- the same song over and over again and that they'd kind of sucked. But the time I realized that they had actually given up, no joke, was in a part of their song Anthony Kiedis actually just sings Ming, Ming, myang, Myong Ming, myong, Ming, Ming, mang. I am not joking. He goes with nonsense syllables in the middle of one of their radio songs. I do remember that. Really, dude? Did you think no one would notice? (laughs) <laughs> not a lot of people did.
4: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, lot. exactly. He's like a scat man.
3: That
2: is not <laughs> scat. That is, that is. I forgot the words, and I'm scat just going to say is that word I, for shit. Yeah, that is scat scat. Exactly. That is true. Okay, there we go.
4: Now, don't get me wrong. I, I am a Chili Peppers fan, and, I and you know, good music is good music. But yes, I, I've heard some of the recent stuff, and I got to say it was unimpressive, to say the least.
3: Oh, Rap, you and Pat and I agree on something musically.
2: <sighs> what? wow i, I uh,
4: wait what just happened
2: yeah I, I, don't know. I don't know i guess the show's <laughs> over now you guys agreed <laughs> well, welcome of to
4: 40 going on 14 starring
2: mike i miss my friends <laughs>
4: <laughs> the loneliest show in podcasting
2: all right so movies the first motion picture released with an MPAA mpg 13 pg 13 rating is Red done Ever? Ever released. See, that's the catch. It's released. The Flamingo oh. Kid with uh, Matt... Um,
4: David... No, Matt Dillon.
2: Matt Dillon uh, came out in 1984 also, but it was shelved for five months before it was released. So if they hadn't shelved it, The Flamingo Kid would have been the first PG-13 movie.
4: I know the first PG-13 movie I saw was The Woman in Red.
2: The Gene I'm Wilder sure.
1: movie?
5: Mm,
2: yeah.
4: It's in the sure
3: theater. Me.
2: It was uh, either
3: Gremlins or... Uh, we talked about this because in the, in the first four, one of the Indiana Jones movies. I think the the second one was also
2: early PG thirteen.
1: Yeah, it was one of them that was competing for Gremlins is the, rated first, PG. the first released. You know, what Mike? Gremlins is PG, but
2: then again, it isn't. yeah, but then again, so is Airplane. But Gremlins Christ.
1: is one of the movies that led to PG thirteen being created. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah,
3: sure. yeah, you know what? I'm sure we went over this in our Gremlins episode back yeah, in. Yeah, the we
1: summer. did. We did. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: see, I, I again looking back with that whole MPAA three thing, I don't. There, there's something wrong. Something happened over the years because I'm like, oh, PG, we can watch this. I'm watching, a, I'm watching airplanes, airplane with the kids. That's not gonna end well. No, nope. but some other ones like there's, Poltergeist, there's, Poltergeist, yeah, Cheech, PG, Cheech and Chong movies, PG third, PG. What? There's, which I think, one? I think it's Nice Dreams. Really? Wow. I think. <laughs> but again, it's one of those where like, eh, the parents worry about it, which I'm kind of for. <laughs> But at the same case, it's kind of hard for me to judge it nowadays because I'm like, oh, it's PG. It must have nothing in there if it's PG.
4: Uh, The Corsican Brothers was PG, it looks like.
2: Okay. Maybe that was it. All right. Let's keep moving. TV. Uh, Nothing happened. (laughs) Cosby and Keaton reign supreme. All is well. (laughs) Still. Nice. All right, so nothing in TV was of consequence was found in sports. Wow. I couldn't find
1: anything. It was a boring day, and
2: a boring week even in television. Wow, sports. He found a bunch of stuff. Yeah.
1: Uh. All right, you ready? <clears throat> it's all one story. So. Uh, as long as it's not just one sentence. It's a good story, so I, did, I didn't want to edit it or cut it down or anything, so I just cut and paste it from Wikipedia. Okay. Mary
2: Decker was a heavily favored to win a gold medal in the 3,000-meter run in the 1984 Summer Olympics in L.A in the final Zola Bud which is Baron Zola's other brother
1: <laughs> That so sounds like a cartoon character doesn't Well it?
2: Baron Zola is a character from uh, Captain America. Baron no. Zola,
5: yes.
1: Yeah.
2: So just like and he's representing Great Britain too so it's even better. Oh. Uh Zola Budd, representing Great Britain, had been running barefoot side-by-side side with Decker for three laps and moved ahead. In an attempt to put pressure on Budd, Decker remained close by, close by in the crowded, crowded space. Decker stood on Budd and then shortly after collided with the barefoot runner and fell spectacularly to the curb. As a result, Mary Decker did not finish the race, what was won by... Oh, fuck. Marashisha?
1: Shisha? <laughs> this is as far as I could get. Mara
2: Puccia of Romania. Bud finished seventh. Decker was... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I didn't
1: <laughs> notice that.
2: There's a whole bunch of A's and that was. Yeah, <laughs>
3: there was an extra A that didn't belong there, so I've been adding extra ones for the last ten minutes. <laughs>
1: Just
2: one at a time. Okay, then Decker was... carried off the you track He will literally
1: Come read in. anything you put in front of him, Josh. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
2: I like it. I don't have to think. (laughs) Was carried off the track, in the end, by tears by her boyfriend and later husband, British discus thrower Richard Slaney.
1: There you go. I
3: actually found one thing for TV. Oh, Oh, did you? Just at the last second. It appears that this week in 1984, Call to Glory, a uh, television show starring Craig T. Nelson, uh, debuted on ABC TV.
1: I will completely disagree with you that you found something. That is nothing. <laughs> well, I
3: mean, it was a big deal just because it was heavily promoted during the 1984 Summer Olympics. Uh, and then it just really didn't do anything. It was about an it was Air Force not family.
1: It was not funny. It was, try- it was trying to be Major Dad because Major Dad was was uh, big at the time.
4: Oh, right. Uh, who was that? Colin? Colm? What's oh. his name? The guy that started
1: it? So, oh, and, and Major Dad, um, um, yeah. he was the the um the other brother in Simon and Simon. What is his right. name? Uh, Gerald McGrady. Gerald, oh, Gerald McRaney. That's it. Yep. Thank you. Yep, I knew I was going to get it. What was now? What was AJ's name? Mm. Shit. Why AJ? did I do that to myself? You just said it. No, AJ the character, AJ Simon. Oh, from so Simon and name Simon was um. Well, damn it! I hate myself when I do that shit to myself. <laughs>
3: Well, and call to glory for not being such a oh. good show. In addition to having Craig T. Nelson, we also had an early appearance of Elizabeth Shue.
4: Jameson Parker.
3: What? Jameson Parker. Thank you. Damn it. You're welcome. You said
1: Elizabeth Shue? What? You got my attention. Yeah. yeah it was
3: uh, one of her first appearances after uh, The Karate Kid. She was the daughter, I guess, I'm assuming. Yep. Nice. Yeah, she was the teenage daughter. It was uh, her first TV after her debut role in uh, The Karate Kid. Nah, she's uh, Lisa moves a me some Elizabeth Shue. So now you know. And mm-hmm. knowing is half the
4: battle.
2: Everybody loves Elizabeth Shue. Do not they? like I do. Do they really? Yes. I, I would think so.
4: I do. It's okay. un-American not to love her.
1: Morines! <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yes, moving on. Red Dawn, 1984. He's looking this up right yeah, now. I,
2: He's googling I, it. I, no, I'm. I the Wolverine three for a second there. Oh, all right. So yes, Red Dawn. The yeah. Jennifer Gray. Yes, Jennifer Gray, mm. Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Thompson, and
3: Charlie Sheen. That's the one where nobody puts baby in a concentration camp, right? That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. baby's daddy <laughs> y-
2: wow red dawn eighty four it's a dawn of World War three in a midwestern America. A group of teenagers band together to defend their town and their country from invading Soviet forces.
1: I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and um the scene the one of the opening scenes when the paratroopers come down and, and land in that field and all, they're all sitting in their high school classroom and they, they're they like watching it happen. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the opening scene. I, my high school looked exactly mm. like that. <laughs> we had those exact, like the whole wall of windows that were like rectangular. We had a field outside of it and I'm just sitting there going, oh my God, this could happen to me. Like as I'm sitting in my classroom, <laughs> I keep looking out the window for paratroopers.
2: Like... <laughs> Teachers like Patrick,
1: I'm ready for them <laughs>
2: Yeah, the idea of you shot uh, the, the United Keeper, States Pat. being Jesus. invaded was popular. Well, not with us.
3: Well, I, I, you would think not, but I mean, look at uh, what was the board game? The same Fortress America had the same concept.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. remember you know, the World War Three? That that little mini series that was all about America getting invaded. That's true. The Cosby Show, <laughs> when the uncle <laughs> invaded the living room. As, this is your uh, uh, grandfather, um, the jazz singer. <laughs>
3: And then As America scat. was invaded by Raven Simone.
4: they had invasion, invasion USA with uh, Chuck Norris. so Raven that she would
2: invade America.
4: <laughs> that was around that time, wasn't it? Invasion USA with invasion. Chuck Norris. Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. Well, that so. was like that was the theme of things then. Back then, I mean, there was a lot of the. I mean, we were near the end of the Cold War. And it was a lot of the, oh, the Russians are coming, you know, everyone, that panic of there could be an invasion, there could be a war at any time. I mean, look the at... The Yes. But then Michael Dudikoff and American Ninjas came in and saved us. True story. We got to watch that.
4: We'll get to it. Yeah. Settle down. Oh,
2: awesome. Okay, so Red Dot. <laughs> uh, some trivia. Uh, the cast underwent an intensive eight-week military training course before filming started. Really? Yeah. It was led by Harry Dean Stanton. Really? No. wasn't led. No, but they did actually have them do that. Oh. Yeah. But not Harry Dean Stanton.
4: Really? Really. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> There's a documentary about him on Netflix streaming right now, by the way.
2: And Harry Dean Stanton? Uh-huh. I can't realize that somebody who was that popular, people would make a movie about him. They did? Huh. Well uh the replica soviet t72 tank that they had was such a precise replica that when they transported it to the studio it was followed by two cia agents <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that, that wanted to know where it came from <laughs> so i guess <laughs> none of your business is the answer <laughs> yeah.
1: that they were looking for <laughs> I just, it's I just, I just, I just see that
2: whole scenario plays out in my head as like where the two CIA agents are sitting in the car, like at a stoplight, you know, giving each <laughs> other their donuts and coffee and all that, and then it just crosses in the intersection, and they're like, "Hey, did you see that?" <laughs>
1: We should probably I gotta, check on that. It's... I, I got to start drinking decaf. <laughs> Dude,
2: I just saw Invasion USA
4: this weekend. We better follow that.
2: Yes. Charlie Sheen's feature film debut. I
4: barely recognized him, to be honest. When I first saw it, I'm like, I know he's in this movie. Where is he?
2: <laughs> he's like, winning. <laughs>
4: He didn't say that. He said, Wolverines!
2: His voice cracking. Uh, Then while they were filming the invasion scene at the high school, five parachutists dressed as Soviet soldiers were blown off course by up to a mile.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of course they were. Yes.
2: Because, and I really wish they had cameras. I could do the helmet cams back then Mm -hmm. because I'm pretty sure... They were a pretty Midwestern area. If you're blown off course even by a mile, you can be in another town unaware that they're filming a movie in the next town over.
1: Especially with no mountains or anything to stop you from... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stop the wind, you just go like, like in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just that wind whipping... Gently down the plane. Yes, thank you. All right, yes, so uh, Jed, big brother, was played by Patrick Swayze. Robert was uh, C. Thomas Howell. Erica was, by, was played by Leah Thompson. Matt, of course, Charlie Sheen. Daryl was Darren Dalton. Tony was Jennifer Grey, and, uh, what do we got, anything mm-hmm. anybody use? I'm sorry. Uh, Danny was Brad, Brad Savage. Savage. Doug Toby was Aardvark, mm-hmm. Ben Johnson was Mr. Mason, and Harry Dean Stanton was uh, Jed and Matt's dad, Mr. Eckert. Featuring Powers Booth as Lieutenant
1: Colonel Andrew Tanner. Yeah. Can you imagine if, like, you know, you, you finally get, like, a role in a in a major movie, and your parents are, like... What's your character's name? And you have to say, Ardvark. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're so proud. <laughs> well, as long as you're getting paid, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, Red Dawn 1984. How many of us, Pat, you said you saw it in the theater. How many of us, yep. Joel, did you see it back then, or is this the first time you've seen it?
4: I honestly thought I had seen it, but as I was watching it, I didn't remember a damn thing about it. So, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I've seen it.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't. I did not watch this movie this week, actually, because I have seen this movie about six times on my own. So
2: <laughs> yeah, I I got it from the library and I watched it again. I actually watched it with uh, Sophie, and uh, she, she liked it. She was actually pretty cool with it. She it was you know she just got, you know okay she got kind of upset when. Um... Are we calling spoilers on this movie? No. It's 84. I know. No, we don't have to. Call uh when Mr. Eckert got shot, she got kind of sad. She was, you know, whenever she gets upset whenever her parents die in movies, which is kind of upsetting cuz she likes Disney movies a lot and Oh yeah. Lord knows you can't have a Disney movie unless parents are dead. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, also, it is the second uh, Ron O'Neill movie that I watched this week.
4: Wait, that's a thing?
2: Well, yeah, he's a person, so I guess it's a thing. Uh, Ron O'Neill, he played Colonel Ernesto Bella. Oh, the bald guy? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, it uh, took me It took me a while. I, I didn't want to look it up. I, was, I recognized his face, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Uh, But watching through the whole thing, finally figured out halfway through that he was in the movie The Final Countdown. What's sure? true. It was also Superfly. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> no, 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 wrong one, man. Oh,
4: sorry. This is... Me, no, every, no, which... No, no, no. <laughs> which...
2: Sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't
1: know why that was so funny.
2: but Yeah, so that that's uh, the final countdown that had uh, Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen. Wasn't it about the aircraft carrier that goes through the storm and winds up getting sucked back to 1941 right before Pearl Harbor? No, that was man Manhattan was the Project. Saw that. No, no, this is the final countdown. The Manhattan Project is when they're trying to make the ships invisible and they throw the two sailors forward in time.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Is hmm.
2: that the one with the hot tub?
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, that's Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, yeah, that see, makes sense.
2: There's no fight. I mean, there's no guns in Hot Tub Time Machine, but yeah, there is. All right, I'm just gonna take your word for it. Guys, <laughs> what? What? No. got
1: got to get get two guns and one when of the guys gets
2: shot. Oh, that's right. been, yeah. a, while. been a while since oh. I've seen that too. Now I just learned that Ron O'Neill died ten years ago. And now I'm sad. Oh, uh-huh. uh, Joel, something I discovered about the Final Countdown, the movie, it was actually produced, um. In part, where'd it go? <laughs> yes, it was yeah, produced in part by <laughs> and it was directed Joel. Your Joel, the ac- the director, uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, Tromov, as, yes. as in, in sen-
4: That wasn't a full sentence. He just said he knows what yeah. I, he knew. I know what he meant.
2: Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman was one of the producers of the final <laughs> countdown. <laughs> he meant. I know what he
4: meant. Do you, do you agree with that, Pat?
1: I do. I definitely agree with it.
4: <laughs> anyway, what about it? Lloyd Kaufman directed The Final Countdown. Was it a trauma so film? He didn't
1: direct it. He was he
2: was one of the producers. Oh. Which I'm guessing, which of uh, the trauma movies, because this one had, you know, you don't exactly put Lloyd Kaufman and Kirk Douglas and Martin Sheen in the same room. Well, you could.
4: No, that was Michael Hart's producing? Yeah, they would explode. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Red Dawn. <laughs> Red
2: Dawn. Yes. <I> yes. <laughs>
3: We've gone off track. Mike, you said you saw a like DVD copy of it this week? Yes. So you can answer a question I had, because I thought it could be found streaming online, and I was shocked to find out that it was not on Netflix, so I had to find a janky quasi-legal means of finding oh, it. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Which what? means that the version I saw had absolutely no subtitles, including in the scenes where it was all Spanish or Russian. Jeez. Oh, okay, so from your reaction, I think you're answering my
2: question. There and were there there subtitles. There subtitles in the original movie. Yeah, they didn't just assume everybody knew Spanish when in 1984 or <laughs> Russian they, or Russian. Okay, Wolbaryns.
4: Yeah, for
3: for those scenes, I was like, wow, this is this is cool. They didn't just give them all uh,
1: English. Just got like, intense. <laughs>
3: Yeah, they didn't just have them all speaking English in funny accents. They're they're just having them perform their language the the scenes in their native language. And then you get to the speech at the end and I'm like, this is going on for like 5 minutes. I don't know what the
2: hell he's saying. <laughs> I think I'm missing plot. I think there's something wrong here. <laughs> yes, there were subtitles in the uh for when they were talking. Yeah, there were. So well, Patrick Swayze as Jed. What do you think? What, I mean, let's, just, let's just go through the cast. I mean, you've got Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen as Jed and Matt, the two brothers. What did, What was your initial take on this? Josh, I want to know about you since you've actually never seen the movie until now. Okay, like 20 minutes into
3: it, I sent my wife a text going, watching Red Dawn, this is kind of stupid. <laughs>
0: um,
3: but you yeah. know what? By the end, I'm not going to say they sold it all the way, but I I, I warmed up to it by the end. Uh, it was a little awkward uh, at first, but I, I like the fact that they didn't explain all of the logistics of the invasion off the kick and you kind of had to put together how World War III came together from context until it's actually explained by Powers Booth's character.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, they explained it earlier on in in Russian and Spanish. you dismissed it. Oh really?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, this it, is it, how we got into this country. Well, <laughs> And this Josh, is how World in, War Three starts. In your version, where you, where you, where you watch it, did they have the, um, the titles explaining what happened to the rest of the world, or just yeah, okay. just at the very beginning? Okay, yeah, because I mean that kind of gives you an idea of what happened, and it's basically you know the, the whole world goes communist, and it's Soviet and uh, America's last one standing. Yeah, but if they can have like. 40, 50 soldiers to uh, guard
3: this podunk town in the middle of nowhere, Colorado? Yeah. How big was their frickin' army? <laughs> <laughs> well, the rest of the world, apparently. Yeah, because uh, yeah, maybe whoever wrote this movie had never actually seen America and assumed <laughs> how many towns could there be? I don't know, a couple of hundred? Yeah.
4: <laughs> Yeah, they've got an army, we've got a Hulk. What difference does it make? We can tell the them on. how big could it
2: really be? That was actually on uh, well, that, that comment it was actually on Reddit. Uh, when they said when you have Europeans, when you've come to the United States, what's the first thing that you that you take away with it? And they're like, I don't, you don't realize how big this place is,
1: right? Yeah, because America is, is like you know, five times bigger than all of Europe. I mean. Every single one of their countries is like one of our states.
2: Yeah, I mean, in Europe, you can you can decide to go to Italy for pasta. Yeah, <laughs> you know, here you can drive the same amount of time and not find a decent place to get a get a bowl of spaghetti. You know, yeah, I, I was going to say you could like drive two hours and not leave the suburbs here in Chicago. Yeah,
3: I
4: mean, yeah. you could decide to go to Italy for like Chinese food, but it'd be kind of dumb. Yeah, well,
3: it's yeah. Worth- if you were in Central Europe, it's funny. I, I was just thinking about this. How uh, though? Pat's from Texas. The other three of us identify. Uh, as being from Chicago, I'm actually in Chicago. Mike is a two hour drive away from me. And I want to say Joel is a two hour drive away from
4: him. I'm an hour and a half from Chicago proper. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, if you're in central Europe, it is literally easier to get f- across country lines than it is here to like reach past the borders of what would be considered the outskirts of Chicago suburbs.
2: Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's true. If you a, they did have a lot of troops for like central United States. I mean, you figure.
3: And it was clearly a little town because they had like the little local drugstore, the little whatever, which is like, OK, if they've got this many troops for this tiny nothing town. How many troops did they have for Boulder or how many troops did they have for Chicago?
2: Oh, yeah. And they were they were uh, when they were talking to the pilot. He was also talking about other town, other cities that had been taken out and what had happened. So but um, what do you think? Here's here's my question. One of the things that, that's really I noticed between the two movies was the interaction between the brothers. What did you think as of uh, Patrick Swayze and Charlie Sheen playing the brothers?
1: I thought they yeah. had a really good dynamic, honestly. Can somebody remind me,
4: because I couldn't remember after I started watching the remake, Whereas Patrick Swayze military trained in the original?
2: No, he had, no, he had I didn't like, think so. just great. He was just a good old school. boy hunter kind of thing. Yeah, he was just like a couple years out of high school because, I, you know, he was... And there was,
1: <clears throat> there was no estranged relationship between him and his father or anything that well, was invented for the new one.
2: Well,
4: and I also completely, uh, one thing I completely remember about the original is... They uh, were talking about how they were Eagle Scouts, and one of the one of the generals or whatever comments on what is this paramilitary organization that they are part of? You know, it's like it's Eagle Scouts, yeah. and I, so I was thinking, you know, all this training they had for you know, getting food and surviving in the wilderness for months on end was because of their Eagle Scout training, not because of you know, military guy saying, "Hey, here's what you do."
2: And the only right. one, then- the only ones of us that are an Eagle Scout would be Jay. <laughs> So, um, no, I, I, I thought it was a great dynamic, like you said, Pat, with the two brothers. I mean, I like the fact that in the beginning, it's like Swayze shows up, Jed shows up, everyone jumps in the back of the truck and they just take off. It seemed, it seemed, I don't want to say, it seemed more plausible.
3: Yeah, there wasn't this forced introduction for every character with their little background moment. It was like whatever kids happened to be standing near the bed of the truck, hopped in, and a couple of them knew each other.
1: Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, A couple of them knew uh, each other. Uh, uh, them all being from a small town, they all at least you know, knew of each other, knew who each other were, and all that kind of stuff. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that, and you can kind of see that, I mean, if there was an invasion, this little, like, little bitty town, and honestly, the town, when you saw it from above, when they were looking down on the town from the mountainside, that is a little,
1: town the and only thing i can think of that might explain like the the huge presence is maybe somewhere in the mountains there's some kind of military installation that they were trying to you know g- gain a stronghold in like norad you're talking about
3: yeah yeah, yeah or the they didn't actually spend enough time in the mountains otherwise they would have accidentally discovered them right yeah so i
1: mean it doesn't make it, it just doesn't make sense i was trying to come up with something yeah <laughs> yeah but no it's uh what
2: about c thomas howell flipping out
1: I mean, he's an adequate actor. He's never been great. He's never been horrible. Mm.
2: That's your take on C. Thomas Howell?
1: Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Now he does a lot of crappy... Can, it, can anybody yeah. dispute that?
2: No. <laughs> no. I, thought, I remember when I first time I saw it back in back in the 80s when he shot his friend for having the bug. Yeah, that that was, is a good scene. That is a great... Because he's just like totally casual about it. He just walks up. Brrr, like, okay, <laughs> apparently you're not going to do this, so I'm going to have to. Yeah. And then when he turns and looks at he's like... What? He was
1: snapping. <laughs> yeah, he... He was going full <laughs> private pile. <laughs> Did they, at some
4: point early on, explain uh, what the Wolverines thing was about? Because I don't remember them ever really explaining that in the... Yeah, at,
1: w- at the one point they addressed the fact that it's their mascot.
2: I think. You, you, and okay. they, they did explain it in the very beginning when you see Charlie Sheen walk into the school with the Letterman jacket that says Wolverines across his back.
1: Oh, I missed that part. Okay.
2: that's And, you, and then Wolverines is like all over the place. in
1: like, Yeah, it's like all over the gym and everything. And yeah. yeah, Okay. I remember that part.
2: Leah Thompson plays crazy pretty well. She also Crazy. Pretty hot awesome. pretty well. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's after this,
1: after this, she had the unfortunate luck of being in Howard the Duck. Uh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> right. was, that was DuckTales. Sorry.
3: She is definitely not the person that uh, went on to a project that, uh, like ruined their career because we were just talking about c thomas howell and i was trying to remember what the deal with was with c thomas howell like why i remembered his name and i was like oh yeah he was the guy who was on a path to superstardom and then decided to do soul man where he appeared in blackface and then yeah. didn't work again for like 20 years yeah
1: and it wasn't even that good of a movie for him to lose his career on it yeah he it wasn't. was
3: two years after this in 1986
2: and he had a great lineup before them. He had E.T., he had uh, uh, the, outsiders the Outsiders, and Red Dawn, and then he does that. What was the premise of that one? He ate a whole bunch of self-tanning pills or something? Uh, yes, because he wanted to
3: qualify for a black-only scholarship at Har- at Harvard. It's about yeah, the most A, a bunch of
1: melatonin, premise. I think, is what he took. A, a bunch of melanin pills or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, E.T., The Outsiders, Tank. Oh, that was a great movie. I don't know. It was no hot to trot with Bobcat
4: goldthwaite
1: well, what is Chairman of the board, maybe An,
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, anyway, oh boy, toys, so Jennifer Gray, yeah, bro. yes,
3: I uh liked how the girls were introduced later, uh with the fact that like the occupying soldiers were trying to attack them, were trying to assault them. There's an implication that Leah Thompson's character may have been sexually assaulted, yeah, and she's messed up about it. For one thing, I love that they didn't dwell uh, on that aspect of her character the way I feel they would have if that had translated to the remake. And that they were just kind of, uh, at the beginning, there were what was heirlooms, I think was the word that uh, they said. I, I've got some heirlooms I want you to take with you and keep safe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that is the word he used,
2: yeah. and that was a, were those his granddaughters? Yes, yep. okay. And that I thought was a good was a good way to bring them into it. I do agree with you that Josh, because it wasn't like they were in the middle. you know there was a different story that was told. And the whole thing with Leah Thompson being just a little bit off after the whole situation is that, you know, it you like I said nowadays there would have been that would have been a whole other
1: side story. they must have been uh, like, and they a little... beat you with the face mm-hmm. with it, too. you know,
4: they must have been a little touched though, because he kept them in the basement, like under the floorboards. So, I mean, they must have been like, like they
1: episode. were
3: jews yikes all right see thomas howell
2: <laughs> so how about that aardvark
3: i don't
1: remember which one was aardvark
3: i don't either aardvark was the uh guy whose dad was uh hispanic i don't know if he was colombian or whatever but the reason why they thought they were initially being invaded by spain is because he could hear his dad talking to them and then uh, the soldiers speaking back in spanish because most of the troops who were actually occupying the town were Cuban or Nicaraguan. Um,
1: Cubano. I didn't mean to end the conversation.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's... Yeah, no, I'm going over the movie, Madness. The scene with three uh, soldiers, the first time they killed the soldiers, was pretty uh, pretty intense for for then. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, at the time, this was considered the most violent film that had ever been made.
1: What? It's still by many considered the most violent film. Really? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yep. Uh, on the DVD, uh, they had a counter for acts of violence because some parents' groups talked about a violent acts per minute, And, uh, I mean, they decided for the DVD release, we're just going to go with this and we're going to, we're going to have a tally running.
4: (laughs) Nice. Weird. I didn't get that at all. Like watching it, I did not get that at all.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, for its time, especially, it was a very violent movie because I mean, even the Chuck Norris movies didn't have that much like bloodshed.
2: (laughs) There there was Chuck Norris would just shoot people
1: and they would fall down, you know, like. When everybody got shot in this movie, like they made sure to show like blood spatter and you know and stuff, so yeah,
2: there were squibs aplenty plenty in this movie, guess somesqui where I couldn't think of it, yeah. So anyway, back guys, to Jennifer okay. Grey. Sure. Rawr, rawr. I will always go
4: back to Jennifer Grey. Yes, please. I like Jennifer Grey. I like her now just as much as I do then.
1: Eh. Yeah, I like her more with the, with the big nose.
4: I like her both ways. Anyway, what were you going to say, Josh?
1: She's definitely uh, prettier with the nose job, but I still there's something about I like her with the, the more character.
3: I, I was just going to ask what you guys felt about the betrayal scene in this one because uh, it was handled differently, and we'll get to that in the remake. But uh, the big betrayal scene in this one is where the uh, mayor's son uh, has a bug implanted in him. They actually forced him to swallow it, and they have this weird device that leads them right to the Wolverines. Uh, and despite having the entire advantage of surprise, they just get, like, wiped out by a bunch of kids.
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: They have two,
4: two kind of betrayal scenes in the remake.
2: Well, kind of. Let's, let's go over the first one. Okay, okay I'm the first, just saying. I think he snuck off to go back to town. After they had already said, everybody had said, you know, no, don't, you know, don't go back don't to go, town. Don't go to
1: town, Tonto. Yeah,
2: don't go back to town because, you know, they're going to know who you are, that sort of thing. Um,
5: her.
3: I mean, Daryl was just kind of a useless little shit in this entire movie. Uh, he he uh, starts off by doing the, well, as student body president, we're blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah, that was kind of douchey. I'm and just... then we never see him contributing very much. Yeah, sure. He's one of the kids who's shooting in, in the crowd. It's not like he's always whining, but like he whenever there's someone complaining, he is leading the faction of complainers. And then his reason for going and getting caught and having the bug put in him was because you said we couldn't fucking really.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a terrible reason. <laughs> like, Well, I'll show you. <laughs>
4: Shut up, stupid head. I'm going.
3: You're
2: not my real dad. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. I
1: learned it by watching you. (laughs) Better red than dead.
2: How about both? So he sneaks back into town. (laughs) And they catch him. Shove a bug up his ass. Whoa. Was that what they did? Or they uh, made him? they made him. And and then they they
1: implant a device on him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right?
2: (laughs) So, and then. This is
4: a naked lunch.
2: (laughs) It was kind of weird when they went straight to, hey, you're bugged. We're going to kill you. Well, there was a lot of, uh,
3: I don't know, uh, there was that tearful scene of, like, how could you, what do we do, what do we have to do about you? And then Robert, who had clearly gone off uh, the reservation by that point, was just yeah. like, yep, you're dead.
1: Yeah, debate over. <laughs>
4: Problem solved. Because,
3: yeah, Robert was on the, like, Daryl, Danny side of things, a little bit more tepid until he finds out that his dad is killed. And then he goes all Rambo to the point where when they meet... Uh, Colonel Andy Andy's like kid that hate's gonna burn you up inside and when he just looks up with that creepy smile and says it keeps me warm that was actually like a good scene in a movie that has otherwise got a lot of cheesy moments Hey, well man. it was the 80s
1: we didn't know it is cheesy I know yeah, but I still love it, it.
4: I did, t- I did too. I did too that.
3: Yeah, I- I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It is kind of like a good old boy, like hardcore right wing, like wet
1: dream. It's a little dated and it's a little bit um, propaganda heavy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The the whole like, and, and that's the thing is I'm not going to get political because I'm not necessarily on the opposite side of all of those viewpoints. Uh, but it, when you have the uh, stereotypes, there's there's no coincidence that if you ever watch the sh- uh, cartoon American Dad, Red Dawn is the father's favorite movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's all about you know uh, the Second Amendment and you know you're you know this is why this is why we have the Second Amendment for this exact reason.
2: Yeah, that was uh, something that you notice in the in the very beginning. It's only mo- momentarily said that they right. say get the. Uh... Was it when the first one or the second one? One of them, hey, they actually had a comment that said, "Go to the sports store or go get the records." Yeah, that's who the had, first one, yeah, the first one. Get the records of who has guns. Yep. So they went to the they went to the, found the registry, the gun registry, and just went to everyone's house, house to house, give me your gun. Uh, something. There uh, was a hidden Easter egg in the. Oh, I'll get an Easter egg, hidden Easter egg versus a non-hidden Easter
5: egg. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> the name of the movie in the movie theater. I had it written down and I lost it, but it's in the movie marquee. Uh, when they pan through it, there's some now showing, and there's some sort of uh, name of a foreign movie in there. I looked it up. It is a story of a Chinese prince, Asian prince, who takes a ragtag bunch of soldiers, hides out in the woods, hides out in the wilderness, and takes down another army with him. So it was Wait, like, go ahead, yeah, I there's
1: nothing like this movie.
2: <laughs> Hang on, talk amongst yourselves.
4: Now I'm stuck <laughs> in this idea of a Chinese prince. Well, I wonder what he would perform like. <laughs> she bangs she bangs oh, wait he was when, Korean
1: when, when it'd be when doves clay
4: <laughs> Pat how dude? you are going straight to debtor's prison hair?
1: straight to her
4: <laughs> alright I'm over that part I'm looking at Harry, oh. Harry Dean Stanton upside down and thinking about repo man
1: <laughs>
4: avenge me how is it without Mike we lose like Focus. well right, i think
3: I'm... if you need to know what a uh, chinese prince would be like I, I think he would be swift as a coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon why can't i find a picture of this with all the strength of a raging fire
1: nobody is, is that um it's mulan never mind oh, okay no never mind then yeah no i've never seen mulan
2: oh dude that song's awesome i've never seen mulan either and so, I can't... have you seen mulan
4: no. i have seen mulan yes I was just trying to think of the song from Frozen. Oh, "Let It Go." I was going to start singing "Let It Go," but you're just going to
3: tell me to let it go. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Could have just told him that. Yeah. Overrated piece of crap. Anyway, Mulan or Frozen? Frozen. Mm. I still haven't seen it. Mulan was okay. The sequel was terrible, but Frozen was yeah. Okay,
2: so by the end of <laughs> this, wow, did we get off topic? on <laughs> So the Red Dawn oh, so show. Really, we're going to discuss this is Mulan.
1: Red Dawn. We're talking about cartoon movies. <laughs>
2: Go
3: ahead. So by the end of this, one of the things that I really liked about this, I I was uh, talking to uh, my wife about the two movies, and it seems like the original and the remake, whatever the first one did right, the second one did wrong and vice versa. One of the things I loved about this is the first couple of character deaths are almost senseless, terrible, tragic accidents, the sort that you normally would see in a traditional war movie, and I really liked that the teacher Oh no I'm talking about major character deaths when uh Powers Booth's character and Danny both oh. get killed uh, they're just touring the front to like show the kids what the front line and the border looks like and they happen to be there as a the tank battle happens
4: That mm-hmm. tank battle was intense for 1904 19- yeah. Yeah. I was literally lit. like holy crap I was I was nervous because those tanks are Im- impressive
3: Yeah yeah, yeah think it was about just being a- freak accident that takes out two major characters and all of a sudden everything's gone to hell
4: that 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 was a very well done scene and you're right i mean granted powers booth was a little it was a little kind of weak the way he went out but still it was it was realistic in a sense because you know that's probably
1: how it would happen right it wouldn't be all like you know doves (laughs) flying around and you get to hold them and cry you know we
2: back to Prince oh, okay. again. No, no, no. Hey, okay, <laughs> back to the, the, Prince. Back to Prince. Alexander Nevsky. Well,
4: yes. the other part that, that, that is interesting about giant tanks is that if they're not moving and you're in, in front or on the side of them, they can't necessarily see you or hurt you, but yet... They're so, like, huge, it's frightening. Well,
1: it's kind of like an elephant, you know, and as far as, like, it, the elephant can't necessarily see what it's stepping on, <laughs> but, but it doesn't right. really matter to the thing it gets stepped on.
4: Yeah, it
3: doesn't mean that they, just because the uh, tank operators couldn't see them, at least until they started to get flanked, which is when they started to uh, panic, uh, they could have been hurt even if it was just the one tank because it stopped barely in front of their hiding spot. Oh yeah, Well, and then you've had got, got the another. gunners
4: on top that well, know, could the pop one up tank. at any time.
2: Okay, I found it. The movie that was playing in the movie theater was called Alexander Nevsky, and it's a story of how, not Russian, I mean, not Chinese, Russian, but a story of how a Russian prince led a ragtag army to battle the invading force of Teutonic Knights that took over his town. Oh, okay. Uh, date 1938.
3: So basically, the movie that was playing there was a Russian film that was loosely the
2: same plot as, as Red Dawn. Yes. So
4: It was called Red, White, and Blue Dawn. I wonder if they did that on purpose.
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Oh, I think it was just playing there that day. Yeah. <laughs> they just
1: happened to be playing that movie. Yeah. yeah
2: middle of nowhere town. Of course, they're showing some 1930s <laughs> Russian cinema. <laughs>
1: There's nothing that Middle America likes more than the subtitles.
2: <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. Aww. Didn't
3: have any. Poor Josh. Yeah, I'm thinking I may actually have to watch this again. Uh, Once the character started dying, though, all of a sudden I started to become emotionally invested in the film. Like, who's going to make it out? Uh, uh, At the point, I was questioning how realistic this was. They survived the harsh winter. was some pretty interesting survival scenes. But it's like, these guys are causing a major problem for an armed military force who at some point is just going to use overwhelming force to destroy them. And then we see the gunships. And it's like okay, now we're trending back towards how this might
2: really play out. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't—they waited as long as they did for the—I uh, mean the—for them to go just basically take two ships there and then just carpet bomb the whole forest.
3: Well, sure, because they know that they sent guys up there with tracking devices. They might not know the exact position of the Wolverines' camp. But they know the right area. And like you say, they've got gunships. It's just time to get there and shoot anything that moves. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: Or they just could have carpet bombed the place like they do in the, well, the remake sort of. Uh Sort
2: of. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did like that I is just like an iconic scene from this. Pat, you know what I'm talking about. Most iconic scene in this. That you remember from mm. seeing, Oh come on, the trapdoor mm. scene? What? The trapdoor scene. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. actually what yeah. I would have
1: guessed. Yeah. 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 When that, Jennifer yeah, Gray ran cool across and it. they pop well up shot and everything with the crane shot. And, yeah. 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 That
2: was that was a cool and I remember remember seeing that back in the eighties like, oh
3: Yeah, were. if you haven't seen the movie or recent uh recently or never at all, the scene we're referring to, Jennifer Gray goes up to a gas station and kind of waits for the soldiers to make inappropriate advances towards her and then makes a big show of running away uh, after, I, I want to say she punches one of them or knees him in the groin. Mm-hmm. And then they obviously well, give chase. Well, no, no, no. They,
2: they chase her because they her picnic basket on the front of her bike blows up their tank.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. They, she she threw uh, explosives into the tank, which was something that her character frequently did. She'd just wander in, plant explosives, and then she'd leave and something would blow up. Which is kind of
2: a cool, you know, demo, demo woman archetype yeah. for her.
3: So, yeah. she's running away from where she's blown up the tank and they're chasing her and she runs across what looks like a empty field and then like four of the kids who are under concealed trapdoors with machine guns just pop out and lay waste to the guys who are running after
1: them it's like an alleyway that begins the the montage i think right yeah (laughs) time for a
2: montage
1: even rocky had a montage
2: i like how they give jennifer gray all the really big guns
3: yeah i mean you could see the progression as they start picking up uh little bits of uh armor and uh soviet and nicaraguan uh military gear and uniforms and their weapons get bigger and better yeah and then throughout the course of the montage but,
2: but then the, yep. through the whole movie you also see that they're also living off the i guess it'd be cheesy but living off the land they're doing that sort of thing because at the end uh patrick swayze still has the animal fur uh leggings on yeah where he ties the they tied a the fur to his to his shins to keep his legs warm when they were fighting
1: I remember the, the 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 first time I saw this movie, the scene when that box of food falls off the truck, and J- they send Jennifer Gray out to go open it up and start checking it out, and she starts eating everything. And I'm just, it was such a well done scene because the first time you see this movie, you think, oh my god, something's going to go wrong. That box is about to explode in minute. Oh my god, what do you, you know? Yeah,
4: I did too. I thought the exact same thing.
1: Well, that's yeah,
2: the, yeah even Suzanne when mm. when Jennifer Gray ran down there and she's when she starts eating the donuts and Suzanne goes, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Like well, I mean she's out in the open, gorging herself on on hohos, and it was <laughs> I mean in cholesterol and, or something maybe well, then that's the thing is they took an entire scene where it's like you know happy, oh wow, they really did lose that box of food, and then they get taken out by the gunships, yeah, just uh just
3: about the point you're like, oh okay, well, I guess. Uh, we're really gonna see kind of them be getting to be kids again, and all of a sudden, okay. <laughs>
1: exactly. Okay, like, hey, something good happened. All right. <laughs> yeah, and then C- see they did it really well to get you to trap you into thinking, you know, to lowering your guard and you know, right. That, yeah. and it really was a trap. And then see
2: yeah. Thomas Howell waste an entire rocket on one guy.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, Rambo I, style. Well, the That's
3: helicopter, because that would have been expensive. So he just took a dude out with yeah. it.
2: Like <laughs> the, the dude in the, in the helicopter. I'll
5: catch it. <laughs> he's
1: he's pointing the rocket at him and you can just imagine the the soldier going come on man there's a helicopter over there (laughs) and then (laughs) immediately after that
2: he uh, he overestimates how big the gun he's holding is (laughs) because he's he's thinking okay so if
3: they throw a grenade i'm supposed to catch it and throw it back it's the same thing basically
1: (laughs) it's just bigger bring it on come on come on
3: well, <laughs> so, right. once most of the main cast is dead in the flight from the scene where basically the gunships take out most of them, you got four left.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, you got
3: there was the brothers,
2: Jed and Danny, Matt, uh, Jed and Matt, Danny yeah. and um, Erica. Erica, Yes.
3: And they decide that it's time to hang it up. They're going to the brothers are going to sacrifice themselves. They've seen too much of war and they don't need know anything else. But Danny and Erica, maybe they've got a chance. So the brothers are going to attack the base to make a big distraction so that the two last partisan kids can
2: make it across the border. Yep. And I have to say the scene, this whole scene, Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze armed to the teeth. Just going in, launching rockets, gunning things down, that sort of thing, was actually a really good scene. Yes, yes it was. I liked, I mean, that whole, the, with Charlie Sheen with the uh, with the rocket launcher, and just going and blowing everything up. I thought that was great, because it's two such... Icon- you think iconic '80s '80s uh, actors? These guys are going to be in the top ten. You know, Ooh, what was that?
4: <laughs> sorry, I accidentally hit my mic uh, band <laughs> thing for my no. shocker random. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bad,
4: so sorry. Yeah.
3: So they almost get away with it. They pretty much blow up the high command, kill uh, some of the Russian high officers. Uh, but the Nicaraguan uh, general or colonel, wasn't clear to me without subtitles, uh, ends up seeing them getting on the supply train and is waiting for them and takes a hell of a lucky couple of shots with an automatic weapon and eventually catches Matty.
2: Yeah, so Matt's, Matt's dead. Or dying, at dying, least. Dying dead. And when he goes lo- looking for him after the cause he's shooting past the train. And the, after the train passes by, getting um, Erica and Danny
5: again? Her and yes. Danny
2: out of town yep. uh, the, What I thought was cool about this scene Is when he, he's the Nicaraguan General or whoever he is Looking for the brothers And then Patrick Swayze steps out from behind that box With the revolver in his hand and the uh, just the way he has to fan the hammer to shoot that gun. And the two of, of course, the two of them gun each other down. Right. But, and I think the ending on this, the two with the two with Swayze carrying uh, Sheen or Matt well, Jed carrying Matt back to the playground where they used to play as kids and him telling everything is going to be all right when Matt is clearly dead.
5: Yeah. That was. And
2: he is dying. He's bleeding out, which is,
3: I think, why the other. Whether it was Cuban or Nicaraguan, uh commanding officer who sees him walking away, he knows they're
2: not going to make it. Yeah, that was um Ron O'Neill's character, right? And but but also uh, here's something else that you didn't see, Josh, because it was it was uh probably not when Ron O'Neill was sitting at the desk and writing. Was he? Were there any subtitles? I mean, <laughs> none sub- whatsoever I, on the yeah, TV, stream I watched. Was, it, was all, yeah, it, 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 was it was It
1: definitely helped explain a little yeah, bit about yeah, his why he let, and why them he let go. him go
2: because there's a whole that what he's writing, he's reading out loud what he's writing and. It's all so talking about going back to his wife and giving this all up, and he's going to retire, and he's going to come back home because he's had enough of this war, and he can't handle it anymore. So that makes a little bit more he just sense. You just
1: talk about how he's had enough of death and dying and blah, blah, blah. So
2: Yeah, he's like, I'm coming home. I'm done with this. I'm out. So that gives you a little bit more insight on why he let them go. Okay. so. Yeah, but I could tell
3: that for sure Maddie was dead and that there's no way Jed's making it out as soon as he started talking about how daddy will be here soon to pick us up. And remembering that uh, the place that he was dragging him to was the place that Harry Dean Stanton talked about having them when they were little kids. It's like, OK, they're calling back to the scene. The brothers are just going
2: to die in that playground. Yeah. And that, and that was a great scene. I mean, that was really sad. Because you actually, yeah. I mean, the two of them, I mean, honestly, you don't see too much of Charlie Sheen in the movie. But when you do see him, I like, again, with the interaction between in the very beginning, you know, Swayze, uh, Jed, Patrick Swayze is like, all right, who's with me? If you're either with me or you leave, this sort of thing. And Charlie Sheen's like, I'm your brother. Here mm-hmm. I am. You know, they, and I like the fact they stay tight through the entire thing. Yeah. That, that I think, made it a better movie than the remake.
1: I yeah. agree with you. I, did, I didn't like the... Well, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. We'll,
2: we'll get into our thoughts on the remake
3: All right, uh, so. soon. But well, I will say that, though, my initial text to Sarah was, this movie's pretty stupid. Uh, by the end, I was mostly turned around to a cautious, if I had to, like, give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, uh, I... It went from clear thumbs down to turning sideways to ever so slightly up by
2: by the end of it. Better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
4: Your second message was, Sarah, I'm stupid.
2: No, no, that was not it. Oh. So let's go around the table. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Josh, you know you're 45 degrees up? Yeah, I'm just barely uh, up, but that's because
3: the beginning was so bad and so cheesy and so corny. But by the end, I think it kind of redeemed itself to the point where I will give it a, a qualified thumbs up.
1: Yes, awesome. Once they have actual control of the town, it's pretty good. Yeah, Joel, what about you? Thumbs
4: up. Heads, heads, hell yeah! That's what I'm trying to say. I can't talk.
1: <laughs> and Patrick, <laughs> this I is know. one. This is one of my favorite movies from childhood, and it's still. I think even though it's a little dated, it's still it's still a good movie. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for
2: me also. I thought honestly I was expecting it to be more dated than it was. But outside yeah. of like clothing and just general, like period, what things looked like back then, you know, it wasn't like they were out there, you know, listening to whatever music while there was going on. It was actually, I think it helped yeah,
1: They're not jamming to Achy Breaky Heart or anything. <laughs> it was 84. Yeah,
2: Aiky Breaky Heart was a long way off, man. Was it? When was that? Uh, 90. <sighs> okay, then they're not jamming to flock of Seagulls. How about that? There you Is go. That, that would have been better. Or, uh, Hollow yeah, Notes.
4: Like ten years later,
2: yeah, okay so, what the hell is up with the chair is against the wall? uh the chair code. is against the wall is actually a code um did I put this in the in the show notes? No, this is no
1: uh, they, they I, I actually know this um back in I think it was World war two that was um exactly Jim has a long mustache, and the chairs against the wall were two of the actual codes that they that they used um when they were broadcasting across enemy lines yes
3: okay what did they mean or is that just (laughs) uh... different
1: i mean because it it was just basically there's a string of like random weird things that they would say and depending on what order they said them in it meant different things and so on and so forth and depending on how it was said or whatever just so i mean so if you're listening on the outside it just sounds like a bunch of nonsensical rambling but if you know what the code means, obviously, yep, it means here we something go. different.
2: Uh, the chair against the wall is code words. Da-da-da. It looks like it was supposed to. Oh, that's It's all. It's all. Um, speculation.
1: I'm sorry. Okay. It's like. It's, yeah, I mean, it's all just situational. I mean, based on cause, Like if you have the the book, it'll tell you Like if if so-and-so comes after such-and-such it means this and so on and so forth and yada yada.
3: I just noted it as being really interesting phrasing on the Radio Free America in the first one and then it reinforced my memory of it uh, seeing that they did a callback to it in the remake. So I was curious if any of you knew.
2: Yeah, it says the whole sequence in Red Dawn is an homage to the movie The Longest Day in which French Resistance members are listening to the radio and hear a sequence of the normally meaningless to them phrases until they here john has a long mustache twice which is code for them to start their pre-invasion plans so oh,
1: cool.
4: josh has a long mustache
1: yeah i'm not just always full of shit you know i mean i actually know stuff
4: <laughs> yeah you poop sometimes then you're not nearly as full Yeah.
1: all right
0: want to take a break
3: i
2: think it's about that time let's do that
0: Hey, Des. Yo. Now that we're no longer including Will in any of our promos, have you heard about the Musings of a Geek podcast network? No,
4: actually, I haven't.
0: What's that? It is a podcast network, which is a collection of Wait, podcasts. What's a podcast? A podcast is like a radio show on the internet. It's incredible We've got tons of them At musingsofageek.com You can listen to 16 or 17 or 20 podcasts It's amazing We've got ours The Musings of a Geek Pilots The Arkham Social Hour Which Dez is the host of The History of Bad Ideas Best of the Worst Movie Pod- Podcast Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks Graphic Novice Sweating the Small Stuff Who the What Now The Q from Hell 40 Going on 14 Jerk Zeus Radio Hard to Swallow Culture Babble How is this movie And Media Feed Two new ones That's at of today what about the ones we're adding tomorrow? I don't know yet. If you like what you hear on the Musings of a Geek uh, podcast network, go ahead and shoot us an email. If you want to join the Musings of a Geek network, go ahead and jump on musingsofageek.com. Definitely listen to the podcast. Check us all out. We're all there. And as always, stay geeky, my friends.
2: All right, everybody, we're back. And we're ready to talk about Red Dawn 2012. Yes. Yes. Thor edition.
1: <laughs> yes
2: so what if what if all these kids were led by Thor instead of the guy from dirty dancing
1: <laughs> yeah instead of instead of Johnny
2: <laughs> yeah so let's see came out two thousand and twelve it was actually uh tabled for a while. It was scheduled for release in two thousand and ten and it was shot in two thousand and nine well I, you know the story behind that right? Uh, they realized it wasn't any good and didn't want to put it out. And they, right. Oh, that that wasn't the
3: big thing. Is originally the ally of the Russian troops was going to be Chinese, and then they took a look at international markets and realized that making China the bad guys uh, is basically lighting millions of dollars on fire. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, instead of the Chinese, let's make it the North Koreans. They're not allowed to go see movies anyway. <laughs>
2: Nobody likes the North Koreans. <laughs> it's just like, well, we got a North Korean market, huh? Shit, looks like it's going to be the Amish again. <laughs> what? Come on, Amish invading United? Yeah, I got Come
1: it. I, hey, nothing? I, I Nothing? That wouldn't happen. Did you say wouldn't happen? Mm-hmm. I didn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I was yeah. a witness to that,
1: yes. Do you see what you set up, Mike? Are you happy?
2: I'm, I, I feel really bad.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Reconsider Lesson your a, life. I will. Lesson learned, I hoped. <laughs> Alright, so I won't interact with Joel anymore.
4: Um, If you haven't figured it out by now.
2: That's true. I blame myself.
1: Is it about that time?
2: No, not not today. Alright, so, Red Dawn, same thing. Group of teenagers look to save their town, city, from an invasion of North Korean soldiers.
4: North Korea is best Korea.
2: If
1: you ask them. I really like the opening of this movie, by the way. I thought it was well done. I forgot what the opening was. I thought that they kind of... Go ahead, Pat. I think it was like all the little quick cuts and and the little interjections talking about uh, Korea and, you know, how... Oh, okay. um, Yeah, it
2: it gave a little bit more explanation to what happened. A little more setup. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was
3: like they thought that the big problem with the original movie was there was not... It wasn't realistic enough how it happened. So, that was what they decided to fix, which I
2: thought was a awkward
1: choice. They should have hired Powers Booth to do a voiceover in the beginning. Yeah, Yeah, why
2: not? So, we've got Chris Hemsworth as Jed Eckert this time around, and Josh Peck and his slanty little eyes. From Drake and Josh of Nickelodeon fame. Yes. Oh, that's why I hate him. Yeah. And he
4: was on the movie ATM, which was fairly implausible.
2: Yeah, and then uh, Josh Hutcherson as PETA. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you made a Hunger Games joke. Yeah,
2: because that's the only thing I <laughs> could see. And Josh Peck, I, the, the only really entertaining moment of this movie was trying to was watching Suzanne try and figure out where she knew Josh Peck from. <laughs> so from the, every time he came, and she's like, "I know him from somewhere." I'm just like, "I'm not telling you. You just got to figure it out."
4: Don't forget <laughs> Will Yun Lee, who was on Witchblade. He played the bad main bad guy.
2: Yeah, he played the uh, assassin. Nobody watched
4: that show. I uh, shut your face hole. Anyway, he was good on that show.
2: You were the person they kept it around for. You yeah. bought
4: the box set.
2: Oh, you're oh. the guy. Yeah, I had to coming guy. up on you that. Can still time.
4: buy it at Walmart here for like five bucks.
2: Yeah, because no one else bought it. There's exactly. There. Uh, t- then you've got Tony, Erica, Daryl, Danny, Tom, and Julie.
4: Wait, you should point out who uh, played Daryl Jenkins.
2: Connor Cruz. Who Tom um, Cruise's son. Yes. I did not know that
4: until it was pointed out to me.
2: That explains why he can't act either.
4: I thought he was uh, related to the kid from Scrubs.
2: So does this mean for all the movies from now on, and Connor Cruz is going to be set off into the wilderness? Like, play the same person over and over again for the rest of his career? I don't like Tom Cruise.
1: I know. Do you ever want to have more uh, fuel for your hatred for Tom Cruise? Search the internet for Tom Cruise Front Tooth.
3: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, his face is not symmetrical, and once you've seen it, you can not unsee it. it. <laughs> Why
5: do you I'm do doing
4: it thing? right now. Stop me.
5: <laughs> yeah, you Stop really
4: me. Stop. I'm no, pushing the button. You're doing it. I just pushed the buttons. What happened? <laughs> what am I What am I seeing here? Just go to images
3: and just Whoa, look Whoa, wait images. a minute. That Whoa. can't be true. Yes, that's not a Photoshop. He does not have a space between his front tooth. He has one front tooth in the center of his head.
1: Yeah, right underneath his nose. What the hell?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those, like, how did I never notice this before? And why the hell are we talking about Tom Cruise?
4: <laughs> because his son is in the movie. Is adopted. What the hell? <laughs> well, they're just off to the side is all. He has two front teeth. It's just one's, yeah, really the one's under his, his
2: nose. They're off-center.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Freaky. It's very odd. That...
4: Ugh. I don't have any problem with Tom Cruise, to be honest. I mean... I have one more problem
1: with Tom Cruise. <laughs> but goddamn this... tooth! Why? <laughs> yes. See, and now I've taken away the, the the attractive part for you. Like, you could hate him even more. <laughs> I th- ugh,
2: Okay, so anyway. So his kid's in like, this he's movie. he got
1: a fucked up face. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, yes, that's his son.
2: Yes. Uh... Isn't this also who was in this? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, yeah. I, who I like from The Losers. Adrian. And from
4: The Watchmen. Watchmen, yes. I like and him. from PSI Love You.
1: <sighs> P.S. What? Nothing? Oh, yeah, nothing. Afraid. No, I was trying to think of that movie. Was, it had the
4: next Karate Kid in it. So we're talking about the Karate Kid in the original. So we have to tie it in somehow.
1: No, which one was the PSI Love You? Is that one of those, like, like, <laughs> Multiple That's, stars and multiple plot lines, all about everybody. You know, it says a points. lot
2: about these movies that we were talking about Frozen with the first one, and now we're talking about P.S. I Love You on this one.
4: It has Gina Gershon, Lisa Kudrow, and Hillary Swank, and None of she. Whom
1: we're in red dawn. Probably we're <laughs> easily distracted. My <Mike. laughs>
4: yeah. Hillary Swank is was married to Gerard Butler's character. He dies. He leaves her a bunch of letters. And, oh yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, okay. I got. I remember.
4: That one. Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays his br- his friend from the band that he was in that ends up falling in love with her, sort of, well, they have a one-night thing, and then, yeah. Have
2: you like, like This is exactly shots why we have estrogen. Michael McDonald. This is, I know. This, this right is, here. Why don't I have...
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears> so Red Dawn, Dawn, North Korea.
4: Okay, so the
2: beginning of this movie, I thought
4: they kind of like, overly, like, hit you over the head with the fact that they were the Wolverines. That's why I asked about the original, because I don't remember it being. It was much more subtle to me. Whereas yeah, this one, they're like it's it's like just in case you miss it the wolverines is this the mascot for the team and this they're they're sports people small town you know
2: wolverines the whole
1: movie and throughout the whole movie they're like oh don't forget we're the wolverines and even the bad guys are like oh you damn wolverines (laughs) yeah it's It's very it's
2: not a small town it's
4: spokane well but in the movie they you know the cop is there watching the game with the former
3: I will say at least the proportional response makes more sense here because, as you said, it's Spokane, Washington, much bigger than, like,
2: Podunk, Nowhere, Colorado. Right. Okay, here, I just looked this up. Spokane is 60 square miles. That is a lot. That's a lot of space. What's
4: the population? (laughs) Before or after the movie?
2: Uh, 209,000 people as of
1: 2012. So So it's bigger than where I live now. A lot of people to try to corral.
4: Yeah, because I live in a town of 150,000. So I I can did, not too far. How,
1: how many people? Because they they mentioned it in the movie. How many people are did they say in the movie? Didn't they say like four hundred thousand in the movie?
4: I
3: don't I, I don't remember exact numbers, but I, I didn't I, have I,
4: subtitles, so I don't know. I did right, <laughs> <the, laughs>
1: right before yeah. they they showed the scene of them, you know, people helping them and giving them guns. They mentioned something about how many people that. Because they couldn't capture them all, or corral them all, or whatever. Remember? Sure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you definitely had a lot, a bigger urban area, lots of big buildings. Uh, But before we get to that, I just thought the initial of invasion scene from the beginning, like the explosions while they're asleep, to all of the guys paratrooping in, that was pretty sweet. Like, usually it was cool.
1: It was. I thought it was kind of cliche at the beginning. You know, the whole snow globe and showing the you know like the I like that. The Jurassic Park thing, but everybody's doing that now. So it's a because it's almost becoming a cliche movie thing. But the rest of the scene I love. Yeah, the show and the paratroopers coming in and everything was you know, really yeah. good. That's I mean, pretty intense. Know, I do have,
5: yeah
1: I do That's have one thing question is. though. How in the world how in the world did that pickup truck survive a collision with an army vehicle and still drive away while the yeah. army vehicle was all you know, oh we can't move now. Like what? I have a better what?
4: question. Yeah how did they get into U.S. airspace with that many... That's like, what
3: I was about to say. Is well, they like, explained it with the EMP thing. I guess. I mean, still... That's temporary,
4: though. That's not permanent.
3: And that doesn't explain how all of the tanks and material... Like, they went into uh, big detail in the original about how the various parts of the war plan worked. And in this one, Wait. it was just like, I don't know. They got some new technology EMP <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, and... And we're going the paratroopers down, and all of them have Jeeps now, all of a sudden. (laughs) Okay. Their own Jeeps.
2: I I looked up Calumet, Colorado, which is a town where Red Dawn 1984 was supposed to have happened. Uh Mm -hmm. And it was a former mining town founded in 1904, was abandoned in the 70s, and never got big enough to have its own post office.
3: Clearly, something you need to send a division to take care of. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to Spokane with the magically appearing like, well, how, how did they invade? A wizard did it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was...
1: okay, Doug running, in... flashed them all into the... <laughs> yeah. Magic, Magic is it an
2: illusion. And here's, my, here's my, the first thing when the invasion started, that first shockwave hits. You get that explosion. Okay, Chris Hemsworth, as apparently they have said, has been in the Marines in Iraq for six years. You do not tell me that with that first explosion, he is not on his feet.
3: I don't know. I mean, maybe he became used to it. It's like you don't even unless someone's telling you to get up and put your boots on. You don't even hear it anymore. Maybe.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, what happens I like when that. you live next I'll to the it. L, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, don't so often you don't hear it anymore.
4: But even then, suspension of disbelief, it's a movie. It's still a pretty impressive and fairly intense opening scene that kind of gets your a good sets a good pace for the rest of the film.
3: Now, was there a random extra kid who was never named in the back of
2: the uh, pickup truck who yeah, just got I was thrown just out and bring, killed? Yeah, I was going to oh, bring yeah. that oh, up yeah. Yeah. because <laughs> that when they happened. they smack into that they smack into that Humvee, a kid flies out of the back bed of the truck, goes yep. through the windshield of the Humvee, and then Hemsworth goes over and goes. Checks the back. Is everyone okay? And they're like, yeah, we're cool. They don't and, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, they're, they're like,
1: I, we're not gonna admit it. It Except was, for Timmy. Like, we're but... never gonna admit that happened. Yeah, yeah Timmy went anyway. horizontally
2: through a windshield, but he looks like he's okay, so we'll just keep moving.
1: He wouldn't let me cheat on the chemistry test, so screw him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I did not imagine that. No,
1: you did not no, imagine that happened. It. Um that was the crash that the, the truck miraculously just drove away from and the Humvee was like, Oh, we're crippled.
4: <laughs> well, Wait, I suppose quick, if you hit we, it with um, a high schooler. Are we calling spoilers on this one?
1: No. At if all?
3: people nope. have stuck around this long uh, through uh, Mulan and whatever mm-hmm. the hell Love Actually you're talking about.
4: Uh, no, that's a different movie. That has Andrew Lincoln <laughs> oh. in it from The Walking Jesus. Dead. Incidentally, The Walking Dead.
2: <laughs> that's not the song I thought it was.
4: <laughs> you're about to clear <laughs>
5: There
4: we go. <laughs> Let
2: all me
3: right.
4: clear my throat.
3: <laughs> but if they've stuck with us this long, I think they know we're going to be talking
2: about Red Dawn. Yeah. Yes, okay. Okay. The, first off, you didn't need that much character development at the very beginning of the movie. I think the original Red Dawn did much better with, you know their brothers, this guy's kind of a douche, you know, this guy's dad got killed after he helped him, he's going to go crazy. You had all the archetypes without needing to know too much about them.
3: I agree. I I think that, like, instead of, like, telling us who the characters are, show us who they are as people by how they interact with each other. We don't need the zoom-in intro scene. It's like, oh,
2: look, it's PETA. He's an AV geek. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Oh, look, here's Matt. He really likes uh, Erica.
1: Yeah, and Erica's all like, "Oh, I'm glad you're. Oh, you didn't tell me your brother's back in town." Like, like she speaks only in exposition. Was that?
2: Wait, was that the Erica was the older one? Though Tony was the younger one. Did she look really orange to you through the entire movie?
1: Yeah, Eh, maybe a little. Okay, they were trying to. It's like they were trying to emphasize the fact that she's a redhead, almost.
2: Yeah, she looked like she was like did spray tan or something. Like she was a little little uh, over tanned. Yeah. Okay, so Chris Hemsworth. First off, they have it. You have a Marine leading these kids at the very beginning.
5: Yeah.
3: Well, okay. I will say that if you were talking about... I I talked about in the first half of the show how I felt that the things that the old movie did wrong, the new one did right. One of the things that the new one did right is they actually showed the progression... Of the kids being trained by someone who was in the military, going step by step until they were an elite fighting force able to enact guerrilla warfare. They don't just go from shooting deer to taking on professional soldiers.
2: But that's right. the thing—is that I agree they? With you. Oh, I'm, yeah. But I mean, it seemed an—I don't say unfair advantage. I don't, I don't even know how to put it. I don't like the fact that they, oh, well, they just happened to have a Marine big brother in this one.
1: whereas yeah, they, they wrote in a Marine because it was convenient. They wrote his backstory to be a Marine because it was convenient to the plot, is what you're saying. Yeah.
4: See, and okay. I don't know whether I like that or not, because for me, the fact that they had really basic skills, just enough to survive and then kind of learn the rest as they went along, to me, was more realistic than... You know, hey, we've got Joe, super army guy, that's going to teach us everything and turn us into a fighting force.
2: Yeah, because in the original one, the 84 version, they kill those three soldiers completely on accident. It's both groups are in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's how that ball starts rolling. If, If they had not been discovered by those Russians... Uh, that were standing at the top of that bluff, that they would have just lived out the rest of their time during of the war in the in the middle of the field. So I don't think they would ever been bothered.
1: Right, because they weren't up there trying, you know, even thinking about guerrilla tactics. They were just thinking, let's survive.
2: Yeah, and so they got pushed into it completely against their will. In this one, they're like, you know, their dad gets executed in front of them, and they're going to fight back. You know, yeah. so in, you know, a three-minute montage, he turns these, gu- these kids into Green Berets... And then they go back in and do the trapdoor thing. Now, the trapdoor thing is really cool when it's in the middle of a field next to a gas station in the middle of nowhere. Because you go, okay, they dug these holes here, and they hid there and waited for the the tanks to come around. Did no one notice them digging these holes in the middle of the alley?
1: (laughs) Because according to the premise of that is basically they're like, hey, we need better weapons. Let's go spend 20 hours digging holes in the middle of the city. No one will notice.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, they did a lot of stuff in the city that kind of made me go, how'd they do that? You know, again, yeah. they must have had, like, that magic EMP Yeah, or <laughs> that turns off the soldiers.
2: Yeah, and the soldiers are completely turned off as uh, Matt Eckert, uh, Josh Peck, is walking around the crowd with a cable of wire coming out of his jacket, wandering between things. O- openly telling people shit's gonna go down, you probably should leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's Like, dude, you know what? There's there's acceptable civilian casualties if you are a
1: you know if you're a guerrilla warfare. It's a good thing there were no sympathizers in that group. Oh, you I
4: know, know. The whole movie, though, to me was was a big check your brain at the door. I mean, it was it paid homage to the original and then cranked it up to be you know 2012 version, but
2: cranked it down.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, no. The, the, the level. I'm not talking about the action. I'm talking about the. They, the, they,
1: the, they, they, they the, up the Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. The action was let's cranked up, not the intelligence. Let's crank up the Michael Bay and let's crank down the Robert Zemeckis.
2: Exactly. There, I mean, there's so much backstory that you're given on all these people that you really don't care about too much. I mean, the who was the uh, Edwin? Ha- uh, no, Conor Cruz was he the one who had the uh, Family Feud host the, for his dad?
4: No, his dad was a mayor.
2: Yeah, yeah he, he did look a little bit uh like Steve Harvey. Yeah, he
3: did. I, I felt that he was disapproving of me, even though he wasn't actually Steve Harvey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is gonna be a thing for me every week now. Yeah, Steve Harvey shows <laughs> up in your dreams. Uh
4: Harvareens.
2: Anyway. But yeah, it uh it, it's it's a lot of suspension of disbelief. Let's just a put lot. it that way. It's all suspension of disbelief. They're walking through I mean, there's a lot there's some cool things in there like the skateboard bomb.
1: Hey, hey Joel. Yeah. If um if if Mr. No-Nose went to that high school how would he scream after after war?
0: Wolverines. Hey kids, I have Wolverines in my
2: pants. That makes the creepiest looking sound wave. It looks like a skull. <laughs> 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 uh, somehow appropriate. Yeah. So Josh Peck squints yes. his way through the movie. <laughs> yes, he does. And,
1: yeah, and also just, just sucks his way through the movie. Yeah, too. he does.
2: Because, of course, awesome. their mom dies because you always have to have a dead parent.
1: <laughs> because of Disney. That's why. Yeah.
2: Nice there's people. Obama. Wolverines. <laughs> 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 so. Jed and Matt, this is the I think the one of the biggest flaws of the movie between the first one and the second one. In the first one, you've got the two brothers. Shit has gone down. The town has been invaded. They're after the one shack that's left over there after everybody else ditched the town in 1970. And the two brothers, are you with me? I'm with you. I'm your brother. Awesome. In this one, no. World <laughs> War Three is happening, and Matt's gonna get pissy. Yeah. Are you with me? Fuck you. You're not my real dad. He
4: just couldn't see what was going on. <laughs> he couldn't see. He completely
2: blew off the entire mission to go chase down a bus that had his girlfriend in it.
4: Like I said, maybe yeah. he couldn't see what was going on. He was okay. quitting too much. He yeah, got... exactly.
2: He went after. You know what they do to you if you do stuff like that in the army? They shoot you. <laughs> they don't. You. You. It's abandonment of post.
1: And I, I like how the girl's, you know, the girl's brother who gets killed because he ran off and did something he wasn't supposed to, you know,
5: she,
1: she's just like, yeah, whatever, man. We're cool.
5: Yeah,
2: it's cool. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Wolverines. Peace symbol. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I'm just going to crawl under this truck so when that rock falls, it completely flattens me. That was kind of off, off, the... off yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, she and uh, Danny
3: just kind of like, bam, fuck, I'm dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> yeah, that was...
2: I'm going to hide under this truck. That way this truck will...
1: <laughs> and that was a Final Destination shit,
2: man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, and the... Um, oh, God. Who was the uh, the Russian in the Blue Beret? Uh, the Spetsnaz guy. Only existed to stab Cruz's kid. He did absolutely nothing except for that. He didn't stab
4: that. him. He tagged him.
1: With a yeah. big point. And rele- he did the tag and release. Yes. Yeah. So as he, as we, he
4: watched him run away.
3: Which so, I will say... Lovingly, ...the quote-unquote betrayal scene, at least Daryl's betrayal in this one, at least rang a little truer.
2: Yeah, it did. Because he was trying, he was in the middle of them trying to, what they were trying to get the box, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's trying, they're trying to get the magic box that contains the wizard that stopped uh, the United States <laughs> so they can invade.
1: Trying to get the McGuffin box. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Henning
2: case. They open it up and there's a sonic screwdriver inside. Um, <laughs> so, and he didn't, it wasn't his fault in this case. Right In the first one, the dipshit went back into town because you told me not to and I can do whatever I want because this is America and I'm free, you jerk.
4: <laughs> you jerk. jerk.
2: So, <laughs> in the first one, yeah, yeah.
1: you went to You're town. You're not my real dad. <laughs> you jerk. I
2: could see easily see Josh Peck's character pulling the betrayal in the first movie better than I can see Connor Cruz doing it in this one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. W- go ahead. Although,
3: it's weird because in this one, Daryl There isn't a whole lot of, like, moral, oh, we're going to agonize over this. He's just like, yeah, I'm tagged. Give me some gear. I'll walk off. Everyone looks sad for a minute. And then they just pretty much assume he's okay because we never hear from him again.
0: Go on
1: without me. I thought they were going to do one of those bullshit, like, at the very last second he comes in and saves the day because he never was killed when you thought, because they didn't show his actual death. Right. I was
2: waiting what for about- them to drive away in a single mortar shell just blowing him up. <laughs> what about the original
4: betrayal, though? What about it? That whole bullcrap, that pissed me off.
2: Oh, the guys who,
3: like, found a gun, didn't tell them, almost blew the Marine's head off, and then got shitty when he called
1: them on it. Right. Yeah, and go, went
4: exactly. out, I mean, that was total high school bullshit, though. I mean, that was to me was like,
1: he's like, you, you won't let me have a gun and you push me to the ground. You should all be dead.
4: Right. Yeah. So he goes out and he's like, well, I'm going to turn you in. Yeah. I mean, that's
1: I'm, you just turned me into a traitor to my country. Yeah, that
4: was a, that was total but realistic, then, you, though.
1: But in then, my then he
5: opinion.
4: got
1: very quickly.
2: He got his when they blew up the. Uh, the quickie mart or whatever the hell, the the uh, the bar or whatever the place in the yeah,
1: corner. When he, when he calls him Paul and he turns and he looks at him and he just flips him off, I'm like, no, idiot, shoot him. What are you doing? Yeah. And, then, and then, it, then it blew up. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. There you go.
4: But I thought that was more realistic to me and is the way that, you know, if they were truly high school kids, they would act. Because they're not going to know any better and they're going to do a dick move like that because that's all they know. It's but high you school. also
2: have two totally different societies. Right. You've got this big city society with the, you know, the football team and you have a looks like rather affluent uh, neighborhoods because when they're escaping from the troops they're driving through them it's like watch out for the pool. Right. You know, it's so they're escaping in that way and you've got this different group of people behaving in different ways versus the little bitty town in the middle of Colorado. We've got our football team, yayra, we're really cool. There's only a couple hundred people in the town. It's a completely different mentality.
3: Which actually makes the middle to end of the part of of the remake ring less true because so many fewer of this cast of Wolverines get killed to completely reclaim a city that is 10, 20, 50 times bigger than the little town in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is in the first movie, all but two of them died and they didn't even really retake the town. The war just sort of ended. Yeah, uh, right. In this one, they
2: pretty much win, and well, it's a huge city. It's assumed they win. Oh, they break everybody out. They turn out the tide. They, yeah, they basically, they, you can see them, that you see uh, Josh Peck apparently is going to become this rebel leader because they break everybody out of the, uh, what is it, they, they, they have them in the driveway, okay. out of the head, they have him in the auditorium. Yeah, they okay. they.
1: So that, be, I'm sorry, just real quick, you mentioning the speech made me want to say something about it, like. When, the, when 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 uh, Helmsworth is given that speech at the very beginning to them, you know, he's all talking about. Uh, it, it didn't ring true to me because it just really, was really weird to me when he when he said, "When you're fighting at home, it's different," and blah blah blah. And I was like, "How would you know? You've been in Iraq fighting." I mean, the way he spoke about it was like you you haven't been in a war in your own home territory.
3: <laughs> well, I think that's what he was saying is like he's been to war, but it's stupid and senseless and uh it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's all terrible and this is a little different it's still kind of terrible but at least it makes sense oh
1: i understand what he was trying to say i'm just saying like it was written poorly because his character wouldn't wouldn't phrase it that way because he hasn't fought at home yet I, he would probably say it's going to be different because we're fighting you know but i mean and and the and it was clumsy writing by the writer's part because they only did that so that at the end of the movie when he quoted his brother word for word, it would make more sense.
3: I gotcha. It's yeah. like he was speaking from a position of a veteran who'd been doing this for a while at the beginning where it doesn't make any sense.
1: Exactly. And and they did that just as sloppy writing. They did it just so that the brother could quote him word for word later in the movie. S- so we
3: get to the end scene, which is like... Michael Bay going crazy, explosions, machine guns, rockets. You got a bald eagle sucking his dick while I'm proud to be an American <laughs> playing in the background.
4: That's true. That happened.
5: Yeah. Uh, Lee
1: Greenwood is flying a jet.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Greenwood.
3: And I was just like, what the hell? Somehow the end of the remake was cheesier than the beginning of the original.
4: Uh, can I just call? It
1: came, it came full circle. <laughs> yeah.
4: Let me just say here, I, and I, I, maybe I'm the, one of the few, the proud, the ones that actually thought this was a fun movie. Um, the one part that bothered me more than anything was the, the part where Hemsworth is in the police station that's been turned into the whatever guy's office, and he realizes that he's in, in front of his dad's desk, puts in the code, pops out the gun, shoots the guy, he falls down, and he's like, you fucked with the wrong family. I'm like, really? Really? This is, this is where we're coming to. That that, that we've <laughs> been there for a while, man. What? Why? Well,
1: because it was just a bad tagline.
4: It was just a bad. It was a bad one-liner. It it didn't was unnecessary. And and the fact the way that they set it up was just completely. Uh, I mean, it was almost as bad as the whole. Poof! There's planes here. You know.
1: He should. have yeah. I mean, it, I think it would have been more powerful. If he just shot him without saying a word because that's how he shot his father. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
3: Okay, and, and it's weird that they made professional signs for that guy to replace his dad's <laughs> nameplate. Like, that wasn't like a handmade sign. They had a company make a sign
1: That's for a, his yeah, new somebody, office. Somebody with a, with, a, uh, with a cutting machine, you know, one of those professional cutter machines made that. <laughs> a so platter like A,
5: machine. a, a well, lot of there. trouble
2: for taking over Spokane.
4: They occupied the territory for a while. So they probably had one of the local guys make it up for them or something. I don't know.
2: Well, they couldn't use anything at the Midas anymore after they blew that up. True.
4: <laughs> they had the Midas touch. No more.
2: Bing. But uh, okay, how about Hemsworth getting taken out?
1: Yeah, that was that was shocking. I that almost was pretty missed cool. It. I knew I really I, did. I almost missed it. I just I had just tuned put, turned my head back to the screen from from my phone.
2: Yeah, that was that was pretty because it's like oh everything. I did like that. Yeah, that was that, that was well done. That was actually a moment of drama in the entire thing.
4: Well, it was a little shocking, yeah, for sure. Because you're like because at first I thought he got he was like. When they came back to the the apartment after they'd had that fight. Goofing (laughs)
5: around. He just turned,
4: bang. Well, no, I thought thought he had been shot. And when he was like saying, I love you, little brother, that whole bit that he was like bleeding out and he just wasn't telling anybody.
3: I thought that too at Mm -hmm.
4: first. And and, because he looked kind of sickly and I'm like, oh, crap, he's dying. And he's just kind of saying his final words, but not letting them know. And then all of a sudden, bang, fuck, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa. What the hell just happened? And also, they went from one
3: Marine played by Powers Booth to three. Mm -hmm. And okay, I am down with the addition of Kenneth Choi playing Smith, who his whole concept in this elite unit was to yell things in Korean on the radio to screw everything up. That was cool. The other guy, his whole purpose was to call people motards and generally be a big <laughs> douche nozzle.
1: Yeah, yeah. what well, what was
2: with the motard? What is that? I don't understand that.
3: Yeah, he said it like 3 times and it's like somebody just shoot this guy. <laughs> somebody like shoot what, this piece of it, shit.
1: I mean, what a waste of of uh what's his, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Matt Gerald? No, it wasn't that um that was Watchmen Hodges. Guy? That was Hodges was played by Matt Gerald. No motard. Same, I, I, th- I thought that was um, the guy who played from Watchmen, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dean Stanton, right? Uh, that no. was not the
3: guy who was yelling "motard." The guy who Jeffrey was yelling Dean "motard" Morgan. was Matt Gerald, who was in Avatar and Terminator Three. Yeah, okay,
1: that makes me hate him even more than because he's not even negative. So yeah, fuck it, I, I hate that guy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, I looked it up. "Motard," according to Urban Dictionary, is an alliteration of the USMC (United States Military or Marine Corps) term "moto." The word is used to describe some overbearing Marine who is extremely loud and obnoxious all the time. He's so motivated, even in the shittiest situations, that everyone wants to kick him in the teeth.
2: So he was he was actually a hipster Marine, marine. because he was being ironic and calling everybody else a motard.
3: When he himself was the actual motard. There
2: you dun, go. dun, dun.
1: But that, that actually makes me not hate it as much. because That's a, a, that's a actual authentic like Marine slang. Then I'm like, well, that's actually kind of slightly impressive that they use that term.
3: Yeah, except an actual Marine would never have called a bunch of kid partisans a motard because it wouldn't right. have I mean, made sense. I mean,
1: well, they definitely used it incorrectly, but it shows that somebody at least, you know, talked to some Marine at one uh, point and said, hey, yeah, what's they got intro? someone Easy to Google use.
2: Marine slang, and that's the first word that popped up. Yeah, so
1: probably. what did you guys
4: think about the actual meeting between the, the, the three Marine, whatever they call them, the American Freedom Fighters and the Wolverines?
2: Cheesy Matt, but w- kind of fun. You know, I mean, honestly, I think if three Marines came upon a group of high school kids being led by one younger Marine, there would be a little kid all over the side of the <laughs> side of the hill they were standing on. I don't think they would have, you know, been taken out quite as easy. I think the kids would have been taken out one by one in the forest until they finally, you know, they wouldn't even have noticed them.
4: Josh, pad?
2: Yeah, I'd, meh.
4: Yeah. I don't know. That that whole sequence kind of bugged me for some reason. I don't know why. I guess because I figured that Jeffrey Dean Morgan would take on the Powers Booth role.
3: Yeah, and he was the same character, the same
4: name.
1: Jeffrey
5: mm-hmm.
1: well, well, I figured Morgan, that, that's the guy we're trying to think
4: of. Right, and I, I thought, well, he's going to say, okay, well, here's, you know, I'm your superior, even though he's retired or whatever, according to the script. You know, he's going to be the superior to Hemsworth character, so he's going to take the, take the lead role, and he didn't. And I was kind of like, It
1: mm. was yeah. a little odd that they all deferred to him.
3: Yeah, and whereas the original Powers Booth character was kind of impressed by the kids, got to be playing with them a little bit, even had a little bit of a pseudo-romance with uh, uh, Erica, in this one, he just, like, shows up, gives them a mission, and at the end, like,
1: leaves on a helicopter.
4: <laughs> Total waste Later, of his sucker. character. Well, the, somebody already
2: left on the jet plane. Yeah. Wait, I don't know if they'll
1: be back He puts on yet. his sunglasses. He's like, deal with it. <laughs> yeah Okay.
2: Here, here's the other thing okay they're getting on the helicopter the girls are sitting off on the on a car apparently out of range of this conversation he turns to turns to matt and says you want to get on the chopper and just we can get you out of here you've done enough you can leave and he goes no we're cool okay don't you ask anybody else <laughs> don't you say to the girl whose who, whose love interest just got turned to jello in front of her face Hey, would you by chance do you want to leave Go yeah, to the free are zone? you done with this? Crap yeah. yeah, would you like to leave? No, I'm gonna
1: decide for all of us. okay I mean, I'm just automatically assuming you want to come lead the revolution with me, right
2: yeah you they they asked if you guys wanted to go with them, but I figured you were cool here, right even
4: level Marines
2: Oh. all right. I mean how much more can
3: we say about this? I don't know. I, I just think that somewhere in between, the original and the remake, there was a really good movie, but most of the good part of it was left in 1984.
2: <laughs> I agree with you, Josh. I I,
1: definitely, I I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, I still think there is a really, really good Red Dawn to be made <laughs> out there if somebody really good wants to. Like Christopher Nolan, get on it.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, this has probably screwed that up forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, not they. they, they only waited three years to make another Spider-Man. So. That's I true.
4: don't know. Somebody's thinking, listening to our podcast about five, ten years down the road, they're like, "Huh?" So the best parts of the first one and the best parts of the second one to, to make one perfect film. But they just got to decide how they're going to call it Red Dawn, because unless they're talking about like blood, they're kind of running out of red people to fight.
2: Okay, this one was also directed by uh, Dan Bradley that's the 19th, uh, 2012.
4: Not to be confused with Doug Bradley, who's pinhead. Well, was pinhead. Or Milton Bradley. Who who's made is, games. Yes. yes.
3: Dan Bradley. Or Bradley Cooper, who's a raccoon. Or
1: Omar Bradley, who was a general in World War Two.
4: <laughs> or Anderson Cooper, who is uh,
5: <laughs> uh,
1: Okay, Dan
2: Bradley, known for his work on *The Bourne Ultimatum*, *Spider-Man 2*, and *Donnie Darko*.
1: Oh, I hate that movie, uh, Aww, *Spider-Man you 2*. You make
2: me sad. <laughs> As it's such, an oh. overblown piece of crap. But here's okay. Wait, here's wait. His what was thing. the first one? *Bourne Ultimatum*, Two? *Spider-Man 2*, 2, and *Donnie Darko*. Those are all good movies. Yeah, I agree. he was a stunt man. Oh, this is the movie directed by a stunt man. Oh. That I
4: was going to say, I didn't think they were directed by him because Sam Raimi did something. That's why
1: he thinks everybody can just walk away from a head-on collision. <laughs> yeah. Because he can. Right, he can. Yeah, I'm looking at his... He <laughs> did, just head-on into anything, just get out and shake it off. You're like, all right, let's move on. He has got
2: st- stunts, 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 everything on him going all the way back to 1983 is stunts, stunt coordinator. And then out of the blue, they let him direct Chris Hemsworth in, in uh, Red Dawn Remake. So this is what happens when you let them director. Let's see. Click director and Red Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> all he's done? That's all he's done. He has... Sounds like he had some, some info on somebody. He's working uh, almost, on the remake yeah. of Invasion USA. 119 different credits as stunts and stunt coordinator. So I guess that makes you good to direct the remake to Red Dawn.
3: So what you're saying is if you fall off enough buildings and cars, you think remaking Red Dawn is a good idea. Pretty much, really. <laughs> so
1: so, so the, ra- the Hollywood ratio is 120 stunt movies to one directing movie. Yes. Like if, you, if you're a stuntman in 120 movies, they'll let you direct one movie.
2: He was a stunt coordinator for Jackass, the movie.
1: I don't know if there's a whole lot of work involved in that. No, not really. <laughs> They're like, we're going to like jump off all this stuff and do it ourselves. And he's just like, all right. Cool. I'm just going to be here writing my script. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, apparently the guy that wrote it, though, he did Red Eye, which was good. Disturbia, which was pretty good. He did the remake of Last House on the Left, though, which was...
1: Disturbia was
4: not good. Mediocre. Disturbia was fun.
3: I haven't no. seen it, so I, I don't know which it. of you I'm going to
2: side with this time.
4: And the other guy that was the writer on it, there was there was co-writers. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the movie special with Michael Rapaport, but that was really that was a good movie.
2: No, Joel, I'm just going to say you can assume that if you say a movie from out of the blue, we haven't seen it. We remember going to the video
1: store with you in college.
2: <laughs> remember, after two times, what? you needed an escort. <laughs>
1: There's a chance maybe Josh or I have seen it, but yeah, it's usually not good. Do you remember
2: that time we sent him to the sent him to the video store and he came back? Yeah, with he that came back fr- with that Norwegian subtitled movie or whatever. No, with what, the naked ladies with the butcher knives walking around the weight room.
1: Yeah, that one too. Yeah.
4: <laughs> hey, the guy that wrote the original wrote Fandango, though.
1: I mean, it was it was that Norwegian movie was all about some ice fishermen or something, and I'm, I'm like, what, what are we watching? What are you, are
4: you talking? What movie are you referring to? Whatever
1: movies I you brought mean.
2: back to the room in college.
4: Yeah. What movie did I watch about Norwegian fishermen? We
2: don't know. All I remember is that you weren't allowed to go to the video
1: store by yourself. It wasn't
4: deadliest catch?
1: Whatever. I mean, it may be a little bit of a hyperbole, but shut up.
4: <laughs> well, now I'm trying to think of what movie you're talking about.
1: I don't know. You bought you know, foreign movies all the time. I'm just—it's just a little bit of an exaggeration, the, sir. Just, the reason I was banned. The,
4: the reason I remember I was banned from picking movies anymore was after everybody went and
1: saw Spawn. Oh yeah, oh, that could be too. I had uh, I had blocked out that memory. Huh. I didn't. I've never seen Spawn, so I wasn't involved in that. Yeah, don't
4: bother.
2: I've heard. All right, so are we done with this? Yeah, we're we're done with this roundtable. Thumbs up, thumbs down, down. Good. All I don't
1: necessarily down. want to say down, but it's definitely not up.
2: <laughs> as down as I
3: am, uh, as John, on John Linguizamo is a violator. Wow. That's far down.
2: that's down. <laughs>
4: That's pretty down. Um, I'm going to be the dissenting to opinion. I, I had fun with this movie. It was dumb. It was popcorn. It was fluff. It's not anything that's going to win any awards that I need to ever see again, but I enjoyed it. It was fun.
5: All righty. So, I
4: like movies like this. The three of us don't out. like
2: it, and Joel is wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go like watch the Eagles movie about
4: Norwegian <laughs> ice fishing.
2: So <laughs> that's the Red Dawn movie show. All right. So, what do we got on tap for next week, gentlemen? Well, it's been a while since we've done some music. So uh, we think in we're going to go back and look at top pop and rock music videos of uh, 1989, I think was the year.
1: Did you just say we're looking back at cop rock? Pop
2: yeah. Rock, pop rock. We are. Then rock. and now. Yeah, we're watching cop rock.
3: <laughs> nice. <laughs> we have typically chosen the year where uh, Patrick and uh, Mike, Mike were 14, Mike. but this My time we're Mike. jumping to Joel's year, which was, again, Joel?
4: Would have been 88 to 89, right in there somewhere if I was 14, right beginning of high school. Give or take.
3: So, yeah, we're going to look at the top MTV uh, music videos from that year. And uh, though they don't play music videos anymore, apparently you can find out top music videos online from MTV. So we're going to look
1: at those as well.
5: They still
4: make them. They just don't have a place to play them. YouTube. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, That's pretty much all social media Uh, types. Vivo. People share them on Facebook and such.
2: Yeah. Vivo is the place nowadays, apparently. So uh, yeah, we're gonna check that out and uh, if you guys have any ideas for new movie or new uh, shows that we can do, you can get us uh, find us on Twitter at@ 40 go14. You can also get us on Facebook, look for 40 going on 14 and we have some chat going on there. Uh, if you want to listen to the another show if you've accidentally stumbled onto this one somehow, you can find us on iTunes. We're on Blueberry. we're also on Stitcher and on TalkShoe. You can
3: also find us on the Musings of a Geek podcast network at www.musingsofageek.com.
1: Yes.
2: And where are we going to be in August? Well, part of it, we're going to be at Gen Con.
1: Yay! That's, yay, Gen Con. Part Three of we of of are course. going to be
2: at Gen Con. Yeah, I'm going to yes. be in my room.
4: We're just going to have a mask of Josh that we carry around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we need a we need a, a Josh puppet.
4: So if you're going to be at Gen Con, come find us at uh, Cardhalla or... Uh, Instant
2: game show. Instant game Thank
4: show. you. I couldn't yeah. think of the name on that. And yeah. if
3: you have any ideas for shows or would like to just leave us a voicemail, see if uh, Google Voice can eat your voicemail just like it has our friends from New Zealand. You can call us at 708 Now Wrap. That's 708 669 9727. I did it again.
2: Yay.
1: You get two biscuits. Yay. <laughs> All right. No, folks. you don't want to know what biscuit is code for.
2: Oh. Uh. It's for your long um, mustache that it's against the wall. The chair is against the wall. That means it's going to hurt. <laughs> I don't know what that means.
5: What? Huh? <laughs> All right. I, think, I, I think I think it's we're about
2: done. time to call it Jones. Yeah, we're done. Good night, folks.
3: I have a long mustache. <laughs> the chair
4: is against the wall. I hate these kids.
1: Hate them. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. I was like one of two black people on the entire staff, and we're at the end of the shift. We're at the end (laughs) end of the shift.
2: Pat, you're not black.
1: What did I say?